a real i thought we were making this all up there is a real tv tropes page for parasite that already exists oh, which is yeah the sorry of the this podcast is... i thought you were going to be like leading me through what let's make up all the tropes for this thing that shouldn't have a page this in fact does have a page this has a tv tropes page yes is... but that shouldn't exist this yes okay so now i clearly know what's going <laughs> this on this is good we are 18 minutes <laughs> into the recording of the first episode and the first guest now understands what the podcast the concept so of the podcast if you this if, if you could, can you just cut this out and make this the cold open? TV nopes, TV nopes, maybe I'll use this audio for a theme song. I honestly think that could work. You just like get some royalty-free music underneath there and have have a little a little fun with it, and you know. Hey, people, let's people and let's it. leave in. I think let's leave in that part too. That's great. Uh, that's probably about right. Uh, so we are live. This is the TV Nopes podcast. Uh, the first episode, probably a TV, uh, comedic discussion of terrible internet media analysis using a TV tropes page that shouldn't exist as a jumping off point. And, uh, today for the very first episode, probably I've got wonderful comedian and friend, Brandon Scott Wolf. I feel so good to be on the very first, probably, maybe, definitely, uh, pilot episode of the TV Nopes podcast, and thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so the uh, premise of the podcast, uh, as I am going to try to find the best way to explain as quickly as possible, particularly to people who are not familiar with the website TV Tropes, uh, is that there is a website called TV Tropes. It's not a great website because it uses uh, meme language to describe different kind of plot elements across different media properties in a very internet sort of way, uh, which isn't so bad when it's, let's say, Marvel or anime, but then sometimes it's for uh, other movies that maybe shouldn't have a TV Tropes page. For example, uh... There's a TV Tropes page for Mein Comp. There's a TV Tropes page for Schindler's List. And there's a TV Tropes page for Parasite. And that's the page that Brandon and I are going to be talking about today. I like that the examples were two things dealing with Nazis in World War II. And then the third one was Parasite. Yeah, I mean, that always feels like the easiest one for me, where I can just, like, always default to that. Where right. It's like, You're Jewish. No, exactly. <laughs> I'm Jewish. I'm yeah, your grandson. Same here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a grandson of uh, Survivor, so it's, you know, I can, I can just always go to that. Here's a quick uh, way. We, real quick, real quick. Are you going to have a guest read Mein Kampf and just be like, okay, let's do the tropes? No. So I, I, I'm going to say that for the Mein Kampf episode, and for actually most of these episodes, uh, it's okay not to. I think you can read a Wikipedia summary of Mein Kampf, and you'll probably get the gist. I haven't read it. So maybe you do miss some subtlety, but yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, flowery writing and some some of uh, what Hitler was trying to get across in his prose, I'm sure you know, has to be yeah. read word for word directly from the guy. 
It's like you can't just have someone tell you about a David Foster Wallace book, right? You need to – it's the experience of reading it. Yes. A, a Wikipedia will not do justice to uh, David Foster Wallace, and it would surely not give you the full story behind Hitler's rantings and ravings about how he was a great artist. Did you – now, so did you uh, – do you mind if I – set you up do you want to d- describe your own uh, accomplishments a little can i say you work for the uh how would you describe it? the will smith social media team yes well or am i, I not or is that a secret you can I... you can say it i work there i can't talk about projects or things going on but i work uh for w- what you just described as my <laughs> current occupation uh along with being a writer comedian and uh I guess celebrity stand-in on occasion. I mean, there okay. are there are clips of me online. If you Google Will Smith and my name, there's at least one sketch where I'm promoting the movie Gemini Man uh, with Will. So, oh, should we? Uh, and we can check in. Will would Will be upset if we cover? I don't think he's gonna listen. Um, if he's we, very if we busy. Later, he's yeah, very that's, busy. That's what I get the sense. Yeah, if I late if we later look maybe before the cast is done we can check out the uh tv tropes page of gemini man to see if it has that's one where it's like more okay because it's you know a fun action movie with tropes and stuff yeah it's it's very fun a lot of tropes uh, i feel like uh kind of like uh if, if you did that movie but made it with like mary kate and ashley olsen that kind of a fun vibe might be uh might be a good tropey direction to go in where it's like we're kind of twins but we're not you know for everyone out there who saw the movie you should have pitched him on that yeah like he he will take my pitches on uh his hollywood blockbusters be like excuse me i i have some suggestions yeah i do want to say because i I realize i might have undersold it like it's not just like you're like the person who writes uh depressed woke tweets for wendy's but for will smith like you guys like you do he does like video content like he has like a very like it's like a web almost like a web production company would probably be a better oh yeah um it is it is a uh full-fledged company that was uh recently featured in the hollywood reporter this past week and it's great it's a great place to work and i'm i'm learning a ton of stuff and growing as a writer producer etc you know jack of all trades kind of throw you into the fire and uh yeah it's it's not just sending out a snarky tweet here or there will's not even on twitter currently so uh it's it's not like that at all um i remember before i got that job i had friends saying like are you just gonna write like dinner conversations between him and his family and i was like i honestly don't know and uh i got there and you know it's a it's a it's a company it's a it's an entertainment company and they have producers they hire directors they hire everything that you would imagine would be needed and uh you know it's a it's a great spot to be in and i'm happy to be there yeah that's all right so here so when we start talking about gemini man tropes it's uh, out of love. And I did like Gemini Man. I saw it on a plane. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, I've seen most movies on planes. I think I saw Parasite on a plane before. Oh, yeah, see. You know, planes were 
you know, made illegal. I guess they're still yeah. around. It's just the, there's a pandemic. I, I don't know if you guys have heard about this. Uh, this is the Jay Leno opening. Have you guys heard about the uh, pandemic? You see, it's you pan- this a global pandemic. pandemic. But, yeah, I mean, Parasite, definitely a movie um, not not to be seen on a plane, but to be seen in a theater. Where I, I did see it in a theater as well. I, I was on some sort of plane at one point or another. I've seen it probably two maybe three times so far and it's a great movie it is full of it is one of these movies that like and i think it's perfect for this podcast idea because like it has originality which i think is lacking in a lot of 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 movies of television everything is original ip just being uh turned into something different whether it's like taking a main character from a movie that we all know and love and just making it a TV series or like it, it's what Marvel, it's what Disney, it's what Fox, it's what all these giant companies. Also, that's all it's just exactly one company. Like that, that was one yeah. company. <laughs> I just said yeah, Marvel, exactly. Disney, and Fox. Yeah, they just go back to the same well and they try and reinvent. And what they put out is really enjoyable. They do a great job with what they're doing. But. I think what made Parasite so incredible was that it is an original idea. It's unique. It's something that I personally haven't seen before. And while watching it, I remember at least while watching it the first time, it had twists and turns that I didn't see coming. And it almost felt like I was watching three different movies at once. Yeah, I'll say. And the part at the end uh, in the credits where uh, Nick Fury comes to Ki Wu and asks him if him and his family want to join the Avengers... I love that. I thought it was original. I thought it was funny. I I didn't see it. I love when Sam Jackson was like, I have I have had it with this family sneaking into this rich family's house. I have. Yeah, that's the part where he said I've had it with these motherfucking parasites inside this motherfucking house see that that's which one what you just did is actually a way better act out than what i just did and i'm so thankful that you continued yes ending that because i was like i think i'm screwing up the snakes on a plane bit and i i don't know the wording exactly and this is kind of embarrassing but i think we can move past it no yeah i think we uh we got to uh a good place with that i so have you had you been to the tv tropes website before i told you about this podcast yes and i'll tell you why um while i'm writing personal projects my own scripts and things of that nature i will sometimes go to the tv tropes uh website just to see if i am using tropes and if the project you know say i'm doing a genre piece um i i was writing something maybe like a year or two ago uh, about film noir and i literally searched out tropes from film noir movies and i was like oh this is really great because it's kind of giving me a roadmap. or if i'm trying to do something that's like you know more unique or less well-trodden ground i will go to the tv tropes to be like has anyone ever done this before okay so that's interesting so yeah and i i think for genre stuff there's definitely something that makes sense there and you know you could I feel like it's weird because I was going to be like, could someone argue that Parasite is a genre film? And it's like, but then I was like, but which genre? And I, you know, you could say like suspense, but like a lot of movies are suspenseful. Um, I think that's why it feels like it's three different movies in one. And like they blend seamlessly. Like it feels like it's the same movie. But while I was watching it, I remember being like, oh shit, this feels like 
a dark comedy about a family. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, shit, this is just going to be like a love story where this kid, you know, falls for blah, blah, blah or whatever. And I'm like, that's weird. And then I was like, oh, this is going to be the whole family integrating into this house and taking over. And then it was the whole entire, oh, someone's in the basement. Is this a horror movie now? Yeah, which like- I should, by the way, just so people know if they're listening. TV Nopes podcast, full spoilers about whatever we're discussing, and also uh, content warning about everything. Because TV Tropes sometimes uh, it doesn't speak sensitively about things it should, and we're going to goof on them for it if they do. So just putting that out there in case anyone needs that. Imagine someone being this far into the Parasite podcast, never seeing parasite not hearing the spoilers and that just ruining it for them the phrase there's someone in the basement is this a horror movie that like (laughs) didn't reveal much but for people i also i do want to make clear this is uh the podcast about the parasite tv tropes page so if you are looking for analysis of the film parasite we'll probably have uh you know we'll i'm sure we'll talk about the film itself but this is going to mostly be about the stupid uh, nine gag meme speak website page about Parasite. So we're just going to jump into it then, right? We're just going to Oh, gonna we're going like... to jump in. I'm going to jump in after I uh, do one thing super quick. And uh, you can vamp and I'll find out what you said in the next five seconds because I'm going to turn my washing machine off because it's beeping because it finished the load and you know i'll probably edit this out and if i don't then won't this be a treat this washing machine moment but is don't brought stop to you by geico save 15 percent or more by calling geico it'll only take you 15 minutes to save that 15 percent it's the 15 15 by geico and i'm back did you say anything cool i'll hear later it was mainly an advert for geico oh, gosh People, Katak also, this is not the first episode of me record, even though it's probably going to be the first one released. People love to do the uh, pretend that there's a sponsor. Hey, how about Geico? How about you sponsor me? Uh, actually. I was uh, hanging with a couple friends the other day on the internet, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I just started saying that our hangout was sponsored by Geico, and people seem to love it. So... You know, I don't know if that translates for podcast listeners, but if you have no podcast going, if you have no TV, no media at all, and you're just in a group of people and you're doing sponsored content for three, I think that's very fun. And I think you can use that as a little uh, parlor trick, as they used to say back in the day. Hey, that's a tip. That's a tip, Uh, not a trope, but we got to get into the tropes. Yeah, get into the tropes. So, TV Tropes, the page, you can go and follow along if you're not driving or whatever. Um, you're probably doing something else. I would never listen to a podcast if I wasn't also doing something else. I'm not a psychopath. Yeah, that's, if you are, that's, that's okay. That's serial killer behavior. That is, <laughs> that is really scary. Um, so, jumping in, the, you know, and let's start at the end, because one of the early ones is Ambiguous Ending. And this is a in like an insensitive or a weird one i'd say one reason why i'm sorry i meant to say why i think more specifically that parasite shouldn't have a tv tropes page i think one of them is because it's a movie that has uh 
you know, clear themes about class inequality and, you know, there's some riffs about uh, climate change even, sort of, and interpersonal relations under capitalism. But I don't think it's one of those movies that has a uh, specific thing. Like, you watch and you go like, ah, I see what the parasite was. Because you even make fun of it, kind of, with the uh, ancestral rock, where he says, like, oh, so metaphorical that, like, people are going to be trying to assign, like, one specific meaning to every element of it. And along those lines, though, one thing that I don't think was an ambiguous ending uh, is they say that the final scene left viewers wondering if Ki-woo would one day work hard to buy the house and free and unite with his father. Uh, I don't think it actually leaves you wondering that. I think it's pretty clear that's not going to happen, and that's the point. I also also feel like uh, the big parasite ending is mainly the murder on the lawn during the party. Yeah. And coming into a podcast like this, I'd be like, the TV trope I would take away and say as a parasite is, it's got to end at a party and then someone just has to get randomly murdered. And I say randomly murdered because the party guests there, they weren't a part of the story. They didn't go with us. People just emerged from the house during like a birthday party and then there was the stabbing. And it's like, if you were at a party... And that happened. You'd be like, this is the craziest party I've ever been to. See, it does. The first trope listed on the page is accidental murder, uh, which does happen. But also, this is something in the uh, in the third or fourth episode to come out. I spoke. I think I spoke to you about this before the recording. But the actual first episode recorded uh, will come out a few weeks later with Alex Patak. And some of the tropes they use... I feel like the trope accidental murder isn't really a trope as much as it is a, a like a plot point that could happen in anything. Like I think if you open up like the accidental murder page um I don't even like I I just think there would be infinite example. Like, accidental murder occurs when a situation that wasn't intended to be lethal ends with the death of someone anyway. And it's like yeah, that's the definition of it, the thing. It also says Chung Suk kicks Moon Gwang down the the basement stairs, causing Moon Gwang's skull to bang against the concrete wall. This doesn't kill her immediately, but she succumbs to the concussion some hours later. Which why is this a trope? Accidental murder. It's literally an insane thing to be a trope. A trope to me is like I don't know, like wearing a grayscale well, suit means that you're the villain. I don't know. Well, that's let's not open right, up. But... There's a button you can click at the top of the page to find a random trope. So, for example, color-coded secret identity. That might be a trope. Like in Power Rangers, if they wear the same shirt as their ranger person. Yes. And it's just like, oh, she's the pink ranger. That's why she's wearing a pink shirt. That makes sense. That's a trope. There's one other trope. I just hit random trope again, and it brought me to not in Kansas anymore, which I get what they mean, but that's also just a direct quote from The Wizard of Oz. So specific. But that's like the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. You know, you end yeah, up in yeah. Narnia, and you're like, we're not in our weird British manner anymore. We're we're here in this snowy world with a talking goat man. Like, that's the we're not in Kansas here anymore. Like, that one makes sense. Accidental murder just doesn't seem like, like a trope. Ambiguous ending is the second one on the Parasite page, and it's like the final scene left viewers wondering, and this is what you alluded to earlier. This is what I literally said earlier. You literally yeah, said yeah. earlier. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. Was that an ambiguous ending? Like, I guess. But also, it's like, isn't that just the lot in life where the characters are stationed and that's just kind of like capitalism? Just being like, yeah. you're always going to be in this situation no matter how hard you try to fight out of it or if you're trying to trick the rich or whoever. Like, yeah. There's, so there's actually another this is like one of the perfect examples of if you haven't been on TV tropes uh, then it's tough to exactly explain but if you remember the internet in like 2009 and like epic lol bacon memes yes um, it's all of that so like the one of the tropes is Batman Gambit which, according to TV Tropes, is a plan that revolves entirely around people doing exactly what you'd expect them to. And, sure, you could almost say, like, plot convenience, I guess. But the... But I just love the idea that, oh, this is a Batman gambit. Like, you know how Batman... It's so would... specific and bizarre. Also, yeah. it feels like that existed hundreds and thousands of years prior to batman existing and why is no, that batman, the jumping off point batman was the first one that's why in shakespeare othello says and now i shall perform my batman gambit classic batman gambit in history that makes sense well yeah batman is from the bible so yeah, maybe i batman spoke out of turn in the bible. it was um, adam eve and batman and batman and, and batman. he was fighting the snake that tricked yeah. eve and that's why batman was cast out of eden well, because the snake to did, go in his cave. Yeah, the snake did a Batman gambit uh, by tricking Eve into eating the apple. Well, you know the snake's evil because of the Batman gambit. That makes sense. Yeah, the or- original Batman gambit that people still are. Uh... I I love that the Bible uses the Batman gambit like in every book. I think it's great from Job all the way till one of the other books. I. <laughs> I love the Batman Gambit, and I'm always here for it. Now, the Robin Gambit uh, is pretty much the Batman Gambit, but just watered down. I don't know if you know that. Uh, And then the Alfred Gambit is the one uh, where the butler gives Batman his um, Batarangs. That's always happening. That's in Leviticus. Leviticus. Yes, another book. Perfect. Isn't that a shame that looking... my brain is so melty and broken that I could only think of one book from the Bible? And I was like, yeah, that's enough for this. Yeah, no, that's fine. We're Jewish. We have the Old Testament, but, you know. Yeah, I just call it the like Testament. To... I don't even well, call yeah. I don't. <laughs> I don't pay attention to the other one, you know? Yeah. Ugh, the sequel? No. The sequel is rarely better. Although I will say I watched The Godfather 2 for the first time ever this past week, and I will say... Better than the first Godfather. I have heard that. I have heard that uh, Godfather 2. I've only seen the first one. Now, Maybe we'll see future if... future TV tropes. Or future TV nopes. I mean, we'll see if the third one holds up. I hear it's really bad. But, uh, you know, that's why they call the first two the Goodfather. And they don't call the third one that. They still call it just the Godfather. Yeah, they call it uh, the Bad Father Part 3. One of my favorite TV tropes and movie tropes is... Um, uh, the pun angle where people hop on podcasts and uh, talk about um, famous movies, but with bastardized titles that, you know, aren't funny, but definitely things to fill time. It's like a Scott Ackerman thing. Yeah. I mean, if you're not in the know, you wouldn't know. 
and that's his new no-nos. Remember that, huh? Remember? I it's, do remember. Uh, <laughs> Scott Ackerman, fun little comedy bang-bang uh, reference. So I so later on in the page, they've got Chekhov's gag, Chekhov's gun, and Chekhov's skill. Chekhov's gun doesn't literally have to be a gun, though. So really, any Chekhov noun is Chekhov's gun. You don't need three categories. It's a thing that's introduced that pays off later. You know, you yes. could have Chekhov's knife, you could have Chekhov's sword, Chekhov's bow and arrow, anything that could kill or maim, correct? Yeah, and it's also, like, some of these things, the idea of Chekhov's gun is that there's, you know, a gun introduced in the first act has to go off uh, in the third act. And one thing I noticed about TV tropes is they seem to think any occurrence is a Chekhov's gun as long as something else related to it occurs later. Right. Like it's the classic, hey, we showed you this thing and then it was used later. Like a pen. A pen could be yeah, Chekhov's gun. But they'll be like, they'll say like, oh, uh, the, you know, Simba, di- or uh, Mustafa, Mustafa dying was a Chekhov's gun because later Scar uses Mustafa's death to become king. And it's like, no, that just seems like correlating plot points. That that's just, seem... yeah, that's just one thing and then another thing. Um, I mean, there's a lot of nonsense on here, like Bond villain stupidity, while Moon Guang's evil gloating is understandable and hilarious. Her and Gwen Sai's lording it over the Kim family ultimately gives the Kims the opportunity to regain the upper hand. Bond villain stupidity. What does that even mean? I'm clicking into well, Bond villain stupidity. Well, because it's like, I do get that. That's supposed to be saying, like, in, like, a Bond villain who, like, talks, I assume, for... Yes, uh, yes. They're just ignoring the problem in front of them so they can vamp. Um, there's... Yeah. This is another, like... It's an example of the big fancy house trope. I mean... I love a that big fancy a, house trope. Don't get yeah, me wrong. Yeah, well, but, like, in that there's a big fancy house. Like, some of these, like, it's... It's an example of the shot on... Uh, well, I was going to say shot on film. I guess it probably wasn't literally shot on film. It was probably shot digital. But you know what? Let's find out. Uh, there's a lot of uh, weird tropes. Uh, like, big fancy house, what you were saying. The next one is big labyrinthine building. And it's like, how's that a trope? That's just a thing yeah. that exists. Well, that's the thing. A lot of them are just, like, an element. I think an element would be better than a trope. If you were just, like, grass. It's the grass trope because there's grass in one of the scenes of the movie, and every movie where there's grass is part of the grass trope. Classic hammock trope. You see the main character sitting in a hammock. There's the trope, the hammock trope. That one I almost would call a trope because you got the character sitting in the hammock. Maybe they're dreaming. Their wife comes out, does the uh, bowling pin trope. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. I shouldn't have just thrown the, the, the hammock trope out there, just laissez-faire, you know? You, I was in the wrong there. That's a very good trope. I'm actually curious. Does TV tropes have a hammock trope? I'm sure they uh, do. They must. How they, many times have you seen, like, the dad on a sitcom rest a beer on his stomach and, like you were saying, dream? I, I'm genuinely surprised. It doesn't immediately pop up. They've got... uh. They do have an odd place to sleep trope. That's like on a pile of bricks, though, right? That's like a bizarre... 
Well, the example they show is uh, Snoopy, who sleeps on top of his. Right, and I was saying the classic bad place to sleep from Wreck-It Ralph, where he just sleeps mm, on a pile yes. of bricks. Um, yeah, so this is... Uh, like, I don't see hammocks mentioned here, though. A hammock is a pretty traditional... Okay, in Abbott and Costello, Buck Private comes home. Herbie finds a 2 odd sleep, so he rigs a makeshift hammock that runs between buildings. You know what? That is an odd place to sleep. I guess, but it's also really comfortable. Have you ever been in a hammock? Yeah, I get nervous about it. I mean, there's tension. Uh, I feel like there are enough people, enough engineers who have designed these things over the years where in 2021, you can't really get hurt using a hammock. I mean, speak for yourself. Sounds like a, it sounds like a challenge. Over here. Honestly, it sounds like I, I'm too confident around hammocks, but... Maybe you're not confident enough about hammocks. You know what? Maybe that's a lesson I need to learn. Who thought that the Parasite uh, Tropes page would lead us to hammock uh, conversation? I didn't. I surely didn't. But then again, I do try and, uh, you know, bring hammocks up every year or two to a friend. I just, you know, ease it in, see their thoughts. And, you know, if a person likes a hammock, then I know that they're kind of, you know, free-flowing and airy. And if a person doesn't like a hammock, such as yourself, I know they're more cautious and analytical. Hmm. Sorry, did you say free flow? Oh, and airy. Airy. Okay. Airy. Yeah. I like thought I heard. Uh, I thought I was like, hey, this isn't the Mind Comp Tropes episode. I'm sorry. I keep bringing it back to that. I was talking about, you know, when someone just wants to chill. I feel like uh, there are certain people that are go with the flow, easy, airy, not airy in, airy. And uh, the other half, you know, folks who don't like hammocks are those who are like, I could get hurt. Let me risk analysis this. Let's see if it's worth being in there like is is there a payoff for being in a hammock for me will i relax or will i end up getting so hurt that it will take weeks out of my life to heal my broken bones that sounds like a tragic comic twist which i think is one of the is, ones listed. is that down here i don't know they describe it I, th I saw it somewhere i'm scrolling through these so one of the things i realized had I uh, had we recorded a previous um, episode before, is there's a page at the top um, where they sort of have like different. Uh, I don't even know what you'd call these, but there's one that's head scratchers. Okay, and I feel like this is. The sort of thing where you go, like, this is the kind of, like, do you know uh, Cinema Sins? No, what is Cinema Sins? Cinema Sins, so it's, like, a video series that goes through and kind of nitpicks at all these little things. Just kind um, of like what we're doing, but, like, almost a director's commentary. Yeah, but you could nitpick, but it's, like, very, like, okay, so one of the heads, if you click head scratchers at the top of the page, there's one that says... Why is there no internet or computer in the basement? Why was one never set up? And I'm a little like, because they're, are they talking about in the basement apartment? Because in that case, because they're poor, they're stealing Wi-Fi. Do they mean in the basement shelter where they don't know that people are living there? Because they don't know that people are living there. My 
nuts? What are they? What is this per? What is this person who wrote this head scratcher scratching their head about? It does have to be one of those two options. The answer to the first part, which is like where the family lived before they started working for the richer, the the wealthy family, it's because they didn't have money for internet. And then yeah, the secondary is, is this... one, this is a bizarre head scratcher. Why was one never set up in the basement of the mansion? I mean, they didn't know anyone was living. They didn't know there. anyone was living there. But I guess Wi-Fi could make its way down there. Maybe that's. But, the, the but they don't have devices down there. The other family. I mean, that wouldn't. It wouldn't help them. Right. I mean, if they had a phone, maybe they got service. But there's so many layers there and concrete. Oh, and... I like this. That someone has gone through and answered some of these head scratchers. Someone says, "What was Gun say?" Apologies if I'm mispronouncing that. What was Gunsei popping his head out of to peep at Daesong eating his birthday cake? And someone responded, he was coming up the stairs from the basement. Which just sounds like one of those riddles that, like, three-year-olds tell. Yeah, it, like, it, it also doesn't... Like, I can't even picture this in the movie. When was this? This, okay, this is a pretty iconic... It is an iconic moment. It's, he, uh... It, the kid gets all disturbed because he saw say uh poking his head up like just from above from, his nose yes 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 yeah. yes um but yeah it does feel very what's black and white with a little bit of red and it's like a zebra sticking his tongue out like that kind yeah. of a riddle where you're like okay <laughs> this is cool is this a popsicle stick kind of joke or riddle uh, also, who are the people? I know we're recording a podcast about this right now, but who are the people that ask these questions, and then who are the people that take their time to answer these questions? That's the real question because someone else asked, uh, "Won't Kai Tech be found eventually if his new host, the German family, realize that food is missing and put up some cameras around the kitchen?" And the first response to that person is possibly, but that's irrelevant to the story. And also, yeah, maybe. The, the the end of the movie wasn't ah good. Now Kai Tech is in a secure situation. No, where, yeah, where he doesn't have to worry about anything ever again. No, He's life's in the a nightmare, basement. and it's going to continue being bad for everyone. Yeah, um, there was no way is another head scratcher. So we're going through the head scratchers. There was no way Gunsei could have known Chung Suk is the one who killed his wife. Moon Guang, how come he screams for Chung Suk to show herself when he escapes the bunker? Um, I mean, this person, I guess this is just people who forgot aspects of the movie and are being answered. Those aren't really head scratchers. This is just people, these are, these are questions written by people like me who are interested in the movie, but not interested in it enough to watch it again. Yeah, this well, is like you a watched year... it twice, though. Yeah, but I mean, like, I'm a, a third year time. or so removed. I haven't, like, I should have watched it yesterday, probably. But, yeah, I, I am fully like, oh, I know the plot. I saw it in theaters once. I saw it on a plane once, that kind of a thing. I've seen it on TV from time to time. If other people were watching it, friends be like, oh, it's on, cool. Let's look at my phone and have it on, you know, in the background, that kind of a vibe. But I'm not like... I know every scene. I know every detail. I don't think I know that about any movie, to be honest with no. you. No. Well, you have to pay. I saw Godfather 2 earlier this week. I couldn't even tell you what I know. You se- won't stop sequence. bragging about I it. I love it. I love it. I love that I'm now one of the people who have seen the first two Godfathers. But, like, two days ago, I saw Coming to America, the first one, not the new one that 
you know, apparently is exactly like the first one, but was filmed five months ago. Um, but if I watch, you know, coming to America, I'm like, Oh, I know the general plot, but I wouldn't know all of the characters names. Really. I'd be like, he worked at McDowell's, which is like a McDonald's, but different, you know, that kind of a yeah. fun thing. I'd be like, I think the main character's name was Akeem and Lisa were, were the two, but I wouldn't be like, I know that this is where they met. I'm like, I don't know. They, they antics ensued. They we had should fun. look at, they uh, had fun. We should look at the head. If, I wonder if it's a head scratchers page for coming to America. There probably there is. is. We'll look at that afterward. Oh, there's okay. There's only this is this is like the wild thing. Okay, so this is now. Sorry, these are the head scratchers for coming to America. There are only two of them. These are presumably questions that TV tropers had and needed answered from other TV tropers. So. Okay, so how exactly did Lisa get to Zamunda to marry Akeem? And someone answers them by plane or by ship. Incredible. I love that. Spoiler alert, they end up together. It's a real love affair, and it's great. Yeah, sorry that uh, the Parasite... I know you were prepared for Parasite spoilers, but there were also uh, there was a Coming to America spoiler. Is there another one? You said there were two. There's what was the other one? One more head-scratcher. Shouldn't Akeem know that, quote, fuck you is an insult? He seems educated and old enough to know what those are, or is he just that happy-go-lucky? And then someone responds, like, either it's not a word he was taught and unused uh, to disrespect. I'll tell you this. Uh, when you don't speak another language, sometimes you don't know the curse words in it. You aren't just taught curse words. I mean, I don't know. That doesn't that that's not a head scratcher. That's just like yeah, sure, I guess. I will say I, I guess know the, I know the scene they're talking about, um, and it made me laugh. I laughed. Uh, he was in New York. He was there for the first time. He was walking around the streets, and you know everyone was uh, screaming at him because he was singing, and people were just yelling, "Shut up! Shut the fuck up! Fuck you!" And then he started screaming, "Fuck you back!" But in a joyous way. So I guess you could be kind of confused by that, but I was like, oh, I think he's just kind of embracing the new environment, and he thinks that's just, like, what people say in New York City. Wow, I can't believe that you were able to laugh at it when you when you weren't too busy scratching your head at that baffling moment in the film. Okay, I'll admit it. I was the person who typed up that <laughs> question and put it on the Coming to America Head Scratchers page. But after you read it out loud, I kind of felt internally a little embarrassed and realized oh. what my mistake was. Um, and I, and I it, question cleared up. I'm sorry I posted that. I'll take that down. Really, I really, yeah. Story. Well, you can have it down uh, by the time the episode comes out, probably. Yeah, via yeah. If we could few just weeks at least. Edit that out. That would be. Yeah, great. yeah, definitely. Um, so, okay, another head. This is the wildest head scratcher that someone submitted for the parrot back to parasite TV tropes page. The head scratcher is, <clears throat> why didn't the Kims do anything with the money they had been earning? Which is not again a head scratcher. Um, but I do like the ant. This one has the most answers by far. This has like 10 people responding to them, trying to help figure out this riddle of the film. One says they were likely waiting to have enough money to have a large house of their own. Fair. Yeah, maybe. Uh, they all seem. This person is. Oh, there's a reactionary in just, the TV trope Parasite just page. Just going in, this person. This person says. 
they all seem like greedy fools who would rather just leech off the parks for housing and food instead of buying things with their own money. This is just the, like, uh, this person just imagining watching Parasite and going, like, see, this is why we need to get rid of welfare. Because families like this are parasiting in. These welfare parasites coming in. These are legitimately the people who are like, get rid of welfare. The, the yeah. mindset, the mindset is like, they don't have money; they're worthless, which is insane. And also, I couldn't imagine ever calling anyone a greedy fool who doesn't have money. Like, well, yeah, what? I mean, well, that's, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing is that they want enough money to live. They they, they live in a flooded. I mean, if it's some, at one point, spoilers, apartment. That so it's just wild that this person would say that. Uh, and I I remember there was a tweet I saw like the other day that people were making fun of because some really rich guy was like, rich people invest their money, poor people spend their money, and. Uh, you know, because rich people have money to invest beyond the necessities. But I like the idea of, like, that guy watching this movie and just shaking his head and going, if only they invested the money they got from folding pizza boxes, they would have had a big house of their own. They should have bought stock. Yeah, they should have bought... Why were they folding pizza boxes instead of buying stock in the pizza company? Wasting their time doing manual labor when they could be investing. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, someone else says housing in Korea. Uh, housing. Is I mean, very that's true. In I'm sure. Yeah, that's that is true. true. That's, a, that's like a hey, we we di we didn't save enough money yet to move into a better apartment or a better house. It's also true in a lot of cities in America and anywhere that like he also says it looks like they're using the money to eat at the restaurant for truckers. It also doesn't seem unrealistic to assume that the formal clothes Kai Tech is wearing later in the movie are brand new. Although they could just be his old clothes. I like the time spent discussing there how is, the yeah, Kim family. Scene. There is a scene where they're eating in a restaurant, and that probably costs money for them. This so, see, the, Yeah. They're the, using the funny, it. The funny thing is the next person actually does a very proper explanation. Like, all the other answers aren't exactly the right answer. Right. In that... In that the answer, and this is the thing with, like, a lot of, like, plot hole discussion, is normally the answer is, like, because that's not the point of the movie, right? Like, the point of the movie is not, like, to see a full budget and accounting and audit the Kim's finances based off what they're making in this job. This person says it's basically a commentary on why moving up the class hierarchy is so difficult. We don't ever see them spending the money on anything overtly extravagant or even expensive, and all four of them are being paid, yet their position remains the same. Which, that's, like, the correct answer to this head-scratcher. Um, exactly. It's a little, like, yeah, it's a little like asking, like, why don't we ever see any of the characters using the bathroom? And I wanted to bring that like, up. I wanted to bring yeah. that up, but I wanted you to, like, save a head-scratcher answer first, because it's, like... I don't know. It's not integral to the plot. Like, yeah. you don't need to see someone using the bathroom. And I would this, love... it's like, you don't need to see them start spending money like crazy. They want to continue to, you know, get as much money as they can while they can. That's the movie. Like, it's yeah. class inequality. It's like, they're the parasites, but also the rich are the parasites. And so are, you know, the former housekeeper. Like, everyone's 
everyone's got this parasitic relationship in you know class breakdowns where it's like the rich can't be rich unless there's poor and the poor are always going to be poor but they're going to get their money from the rich and yeah yada 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 like this is what capitalism is and this is why people don't like capitalism and yes this this is you know being born into wealth versus being born into poverty like i i'm going to uh go on every single movie page under the head scratchers section and just ask when did they use the bathroom they never seem to use the bathroom so i was watching coming to america the first one not the second and i realized that none of the characters really use the bathroom. I don't understand it. I saw a couple yeah. characters in a hot tub. That was cool, but it, yeah, it did, wasn't. They weren't they use peeing the bathroom in there. They before or after? They weren't pooping in the hot tub. Yeah. I will say this. Um, a lot of bathroom use in The Godfather Part Two. It was mainly De Niro uh, taking a shit. It was him <laughs> on the toilet screaming out demands, saying, I need lactate. I need lactate. Please, someone help me. I've eaten too much cheese. I need lactate. And See, I can't believe I've been missing this. It was great. If you go to the Godfather Part 2 tropes page, it's um, the sweaty dump is the uh, trope. <laughs> and it's just gross. It's gross to read, yeah. but it's, it's kind of, you know, makes for, for good movie experience. This So someone else uh, has... I do like that someone... So the real right answer is that one where it's like, yeah, they get money and it's not enough because we're locked into our class positions because that's like the real correct actual answer of the film if you for some reason want to ask this question um but someone else gives like a literal answer they're like the time frame of the kim's infiltration of the park family depicted in the movie couldn't have been more than a couple months at best and most likely just a couple weeks i'm gonna read this actually you know what I'm going to read this one in Ben Shapiro voice. Is that okay? Yeah, go, go for it. All right, so, all right, so, the time frame of the Kim's infiltration of the Park family depicted in the movie couldn't have been more than a couple months at best, and most likely just a couple weeks. They probably only got a month's payment, and housekeeping and chauffeuring aren't high, paying jobs, relatively speaking. A son's tutoring job and the daughter's art therapy are done under the pretense of informal private tutoring often done by university students as a way to make some spending money it pays well but it is nowhere near a fully paying career job required to climb the social ladder this all ties into one of the themes of the movie that social mobility oh they got there at the end and ben i shapiro feel like this is a thing that. ben shapiro would kind of no. say for the most part I feel... until the end well yeah, the end yeah, is yeah. a good well he'd be like he'd be like um what happens is, you know, they think that just because they can't afford the price of a college education that they are entitled to uh, living in a nice house like the parks. But uh, had they only uh, saved some of their money uh, and had they just been less of greedy fools and spent their money and invested it appropriately, maybe they could have been living in a house like the parks do as well, but they were unfortunately greedy fools. Yeah, I think the term greedy fools is what always throws me. Uh, I feel like only uh, conservative robots would use that term for describing people who don't have money. Like, that is a weird phrase. Greedy fools. They were being greedy fools. And I don't think that they understood how to properly invest the funds they were receiving. If they, it's, in fact, did, like, that's yeah. 
robotic and strange and i don't feel like i know anyone who talks like that and maybe that's a well, good thing in my life just so social circle wise or like the bubble i've built for myself but like wow imagine talking to anyone who would describe this family as greedy fools like it's greedy possibly but they were put in a situation where they have no money and they need to do what needs to be done to survive and so like I don't know. I was really... I see one of the tropes is eat the rich and, like, 100% on board with the family infiltrating a rich family and just trying to leech off them and, you know, steal all their money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. I I mean, that's the thing is I do... It is interesting because it's a movie where um, I I do imagine, like... Like a Ben Shapiro type who I feel like probably is the kind of person who tries to see every Oscar movie. So probably saw it and hated it. Actually, let's, you know what? It's all going to branch out. Let's see what Ben Shapiro parasite. What does this pull up? Um, ugh, I don't, this is going to be more than I want to dig into it. Um, do you want me to read his, uh, do you want me to read his tweets on parasite in my Ben Shapiro voice? I think at this point you have to. You gotta, yeah, I figure. You I, gotta but the it. problem is my voice is like one octave lower, so it's it's not like it's not it's too close. I don't. Like, all right, but here's here's what Ben Shapiro tweeted about seeing Parasite. Uh, here's my hot take on Parasite. It's well made, well crafted, well acted, and also just not that good. I'm not sure what the message is supposed to be. Capitalism is bad because if the poor family were rich they wouldn't be con artists and murderers the premise that capitalism is the root cause of sin is simply assumed but never proved i felt the same way about snowpiercer which assumed the point it was trying to prove rather than trying to prove it um and i think that uh like most movies assume the point rather than proving it because they take place not in real life and yeah, like, and also the point, it is similar to Snowpiercer, which is another Bong Joon-ho film. I don't know. Have you seen Snowpiercer? I haven't. I've heard good things. It's um, essentially rich people are at the front of the train, and yeah. the poor people are in the back trying to get to the front by any means necessary. And then there's just a fight between all of the rich and all of the poor, yada, spoilers. yada, yada. You know what I yeah. mean? And so it, it it's more of like a linear, like it's literally following like this train car is wealthier than the last train car and it's getting nicer and nicer as we get to the front and we want a bloody revolution so the poor people can finally be on top. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't understand what Ben Shapiro is missing here. Uh, is it just, you know, willful blindness to being like i'm rich and i don't understand this point of view like it must be that well i mean i get that what it's saying is well because here's i mean the thing about it is his hot take is he says uh capitalism is bad because if the poor family were rich they wouldn't be con artists and murderers and it's like no capitalism is bad because I mean, well, first off, yes, if they were rich, they wouldn't be con artists and murderers, except that, like, I mean, they would be in the sense that anyone is. The the poor family, I mean, it's weird that I'm now, like, explaining to uh, Ben Shapiro's tweet, like, the poor family is incredibly industrious and smart, and there's nothing they can do. They explicitly talk about how there's no jobs available 
Like, this is made very clear in the film. Um, there's no jobs available. They have. To, it's also like, again, in real life, like, it's very hard to... If you just if you just don't think that it's hard to be rich, that it's hard to become rich, then like yeah, you're gonna watch it and be like, wow, that poor those greedy fools, those right. greedy fools who came in, uh, they work incredibly hard though. They work harder than you'd have to at like folding pizza boxes or whatever. And the rich family like seems to do like very little, right? You, I, I mean, you... the the poor family had an incredible plan. And the way it unfolds where one person gets a job, then they recommend another family member and say, oh, this is a friend of a friend, like recommendations, and they never show that they're actually a family. Incredible way in. And that was like one part of the aspect where I was like, oh, this is what the movie is going to be. And then it obviously switches a little bit into more of like a, oh, there's someone in the basement. This is a thriller. What's exactly going to go down? Uh, but the way they go about getting their jobs is 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 brilliant. Like even uh, the peach allergy for the the first housekeeper, where she got like sick because of that. Like to get their mother in that role is incredibly smart. Like who would think to do that? I wouldn't. Yeah. Like that that's genius. And so yeah, but so that's the thing where it's like uh, the. Like the the premise that capitalism is the root cause of sin—that's like a weird jump. I think that it's not just that notion, because I mean, to me, the thing that it, and now we're talking more about the film instead of the trope page of the film, but it is like about how I mean, the these people can't relate. Like the rich, the rich people aren't shown, and you know, I think that's one thing that's interesting about it is that like. They're not shown to be, like, cackling monsters or whatever, but they're just so disconnected from yeah, they're just the rich experience people. of those poor people. Yeah, which is, again, the irony of looking at that, like, oh, so if they were rich, they wouldn't be kind artists and murderers? And it's like, I mean, no, they'd be like, I mean, yes, but they'd be like, they just wouldn't care. They wouldn't have to do anything. It would be a different kind of grift. Everyone yeah. is trying to get money. Everyone is trying to stay on top or get to the top or whatever it is. And, you know, a lot of times rich people the, are, are bad. Poor people are bad. Rich people are good. Poor people are, are good. And everyone is some level of gray. It's not a black and white issue. It's, yeah. you know, what's the root of evil? Is it money? Like, you could argue that, sure. And in this movie you know that was the driving force it's always a great driving force but it's always either money or land or some sort of relationship you know wanting to be the favorite child wanting to uh date the guy or date the girl or whatever it is there's always some end game or else there's no driving narrative to a story and this one does have a great one like it's money like a lot of times when you're trying to like think of characters i don't know about you but for myself like i put tv show treatments together and it's like oh what does this person want and what is their need and it's always that juxtaposition and if this movie which it is about money then you know they need a better life what do they want they want money so they need to get money you know in order to get their better life and that's just kind of where we're at with parasite yeah there's um 
Do you, so have you heard of both uh, at the top of the parasite page there is a tab for fridge um, and the uh, fridge this is this notion there's both fridge brilliance and fridge horror outlined here which is the idea that you're going to realize something um, that's either more brilliant than you thought it was or more horrifying than you thought it was, like, after the movie while you're opening your fridge later, which is, like, a pretty classic TV tropes thing. Um, and it's applied to just the stupidest stuff. Like, it'll be, like, you know, fridge horror, Toy Story. Like, oh, my God, the toys live forever? They're going to see the heat death of the universe? Like, just something... You know, you could apply that to, like, any movie. It's a light bulb moment where you're like, that's actually genius. Okay. Yeah, but in this case, the stuff they apply this to, um, like, overlapping with fridge horror. Early in the film, the Kims are seen folding pizza boxes while the fumigator sprays thick clouds of pesticides into their home. People are going to be eating food out of those boxes. And it's like... The mo- this scene perfectly reinforces the movie's overall critique of capitalism by demonstrating how the ruthless cost-cutting by the pizza company and their subcontractors creates a dangerous situation for unsuspecting customers. I mean, I would, not really. <laughs> like, I don't think that's false. Like, it's true that, like, people are forced to go to work when they're sick or whatever. But I feel like that's, like, a bit of a stretch. That that, and it is wild that that person was watching that scene and going, Wait a minute. What if I had to eat out of one of those pizza boxes? I could be eating out of one of those poisonous pizza boxes. No, this family's life could affect me in some small way. I can't yeah. believe it, and I don't want to look at this family anymore. They are poor for a reason. Like, is that the act out we're supposed to be? Because that's insane to to look at this movie and be like, I could have gotten sick because I could have these, gotten... these people are living in a basement folding pizza boxes, and the basement has exterminators. Have like. What? And that's fridge brilliant. So I guess that's when you open up your fridge and you see the pizza box, and then you're like, wait a minute, pizza box? Like in that scene. What if I mean, it, which I, I guess I happened. Mean, this one is also, like, I kind of get it, but who's writing this down? This is fridge brilliance as well. During the birthday massacre, Kaitech is wearing the same exact gray shirt that Ki Woo was wearing in the very first scene, symbolizing they are back where they started. And it's like, okay. Great. Well, like, yeah well that's like the thing where this one another fridge brilliance which again it's like the actual fridge brilliance i don't know like it's it's just i guess it's like the term that gets to me because it just feels like if you were like oh in um like okay to me if i were to try and pick like the best possible example uh is is it has enough time gone by to spoil the prestige yeah of course Okay, so there's uh, a scene in The Prestige early on where one of, I think it's uh, Christian Pale, um, does a trick for a little girl, and uh, the, um, it's, she like, he likes, you know, has a bird that he smashes and then like brings it back to life, and she cheers, and she says, but what happened to his brother? Which is like, the whole movie. So, like, that's like, oh, wow. Uh, you know, if you would remember that one line while in the fridge while replaying the whole movie in your head. But, like, in this it says, 
tropical fruit that has to be imported can be quite pricey to afford on a daily basis in Japan and Korea, yet the parks eat it casually all the time. Like, that's not, that's not something that you think, like, you're, like, in your fridge and you drop the milk and you're like, the parks were eating fruit that whole time. Like, that's just an element of scene building of the movie, of characterization. That's yeah, like they're just eating yeah. fruit. Great. No, but, but I'm I mean, saying, like, like, that is good. Like, that's a good... Uh, rich family getting but it's expensive like, fruit. Like, it builds, yeah. I mean, it's not But it's bril- like, it's that's like brilliant. saying, like, yeah, like, oh, fridge brilliance. When you watch House MD, you realize that he's bitter because he's on drugs. He's using a scalpel because he's a doctor. Yeah, <laughs> looking back, you Insanely start to realize Insanely bril- Here's another Batman gambit. Ki Jung pulls off a masterful Batman gambit by leaving her panties in Mr. Park's car, which leads him to fire his driver, Yoon, and replace him with Ki Tak. When Mr. and Mrs. Park discuss the matter, they conclude that Yoon had sex in the backseat with a woman who was so messed up on drugs she forgot to put her panties back on. Then later in the film, while they lay on their couch to keep an eye on Da Sung outside, the Parks reenact this scenario as sexual role-playing. But of course, it never actually happened to Yoon. Instead, they were projecting their own kinky fantasies onto him all along. Yeah. So, the Batman Gambit is that... Well, the Batman Gambit's like when Batman left his panties in the Joker's yeah, car. Yeah, that's what I was trying to figure out. Yeah, and then... Uh, the Alfred Gambit Two-Face. there would be that he gets the panties and washes them because he is the butler yeah and the uh the clay face gambit is the panties are made out of clay you know what i will say i've stumbled upon an idea that i think could make warner brothers money and if we pitch they're listening a remake of parasite but batman is the rich the rich guy and they stumble upon the bat cave the the employees stumble upon the bat cave i think that would be great you would have batman his young son uh dick grayson robin alfred is there alfred has some allergy and gets replaced you know it's uh, he's got a date allergy or something like that so they're doing a batman gambit on batman it would be incredible it would be incredible to see um the dark knight parasite I feel like Dark that's a Knight, fun... Oh, and it rhymes. This Dark is how Knight you pitch Parasite. it. You yes. come in and you go, so you know Parasite, and the executive goes, you mean that movie that features an example of the Batman Gambit trope? And you go, exactly. Yes, exactly. Now, what if it was just Batman? Did you ever, uh, talking about uh, great pitches, because I was thinking like writing writing uh, Parasite on the, uh, the, the chalkboard, and then you draw a line through the dollar sign, uh, the S to make a dollar sign, you know, it says Parasite. But then you draw a full line all the way through Parasite, and then you write the, the word Batman above it. I think that's a great pitch. Have you ever have you ever heard of uh, James Cameron's pitch on how he pitched Aliens, the second one? So Alien was the first one that I, he... So I've never actually seen it, but what's the... I know it's a classic. No, I need to. It's a classic. So the pitch but... is pretty much what I just described. I almost just blew it by saying that that first. Okay. I said the joke before the punchline. Or the punchline before the joke. The setup, you know, who's on first? Anyway, James Cameron walked in. Alien was a smash, smash hit. Um, he walks in uh, to a pitch meeting to be like, what's the next project? What should we make? He went up to a chalkboard. He wrote Alien down. Then he mm. drew an S yeah. at the end. So it said Aliens. And then he drew a dollar sign out of that S, the Kesha dollar sign. And nice. it said Aliens. And then he just walked out of the room. 
that's the the legend I've heard, and it sold, and it was a, a, a huge, huge success. And then he was crushed to death by the falling pile of money they dumped out the window after him immediately. Yeah, and that's the money he used to make Avatar, the yeah, smash hit that from we Beyond all love. the Grave. Can you believe uh, that they're making five more Avatars? Yeah, I've come around. I'm like, whatever, sure. I don't know. People like them. I wasn't huge. I, I, I At this point, I, I went around from like, oh, man, I can't believe he's still going to try and do that, to like, no, you know what? Yeah, prove me the naysayers wrong. Make a million Avatars. D- prove. I want to be proven wrong now. I want each of those movies to make $2 billion or whatever. I, I at first was like, I feel like those movies are going to flop. I don't really want to see another Avatar. And now There's I'm only like, been one. I, I, I believe, know. Right? And then it took 20 years to make, and it's been like 10 plus years already since the first well, one. Also, and he's but, like, there's going to be five. This is five. every time someone like makes fun of him on Twitter and it's like, they're not making another Avatar. He's like, it's six now. Yeah. It's six now. He's just adding to the pile. And he's like, each one will take 20 to 25 years to make. I will live to 200 in my submarine that I'm using to capture the ocean floor. That's what he does on his spare time. That is That should be a director trope. You know how directors are all quirky and have their own things? If you're doing the yeah. James Cameron, that means that you have rented a private submarine to go to the floor of the ocean to face the creatures that most of us are too scared to actually yeah. see. But James Cameron will fist fight them. He'll get he's, out in a scuba suit. He's fearless, this guy. Yeah. This guy, uh, you know. Also, I will say, I don't know anything about James Cameron, uh, his real life. Never met the guy, anything like that. But I do think it's funny that when Avatar came out, he lost uh, the Best Picture Award to his ex-wife, Catherine Bigelow, for The Hurt yeah. Locker. I think that's so funny and uh, good for good for her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's great. I thought that was great. If the you're time. coming out I, of a breakup and yeah. you outshine uh, the person that you were married to in the thing that they're really great at, so funny. So the um, – under – and then we're going to – we'll start wrapping up uh, on this one. Then we'll jump through a few random tropes because that's how I like to end these Let's based do it. off the one episode that is released so far. Um, but there's something I noticed. So under the trivia tab at the top of the page, um, so Word of God is a uh, – It's do you, have you heard – you've heard the expression Word of God in like media, online, fandom, sure. whatever. Yeah. It's a, so for those who don't know, it's saying like Word of God is that like, oh, a creator uh, of a work said something. So, like, if Christopher Nolan says that, uh, what's-his-face, Leonardo DiCaprio in, uh, Inception, um, you, okay, you know who I mean. I forget his name. Not Yeah, you go, you go to, for albums, for movies, for TV, if the creator says something, then it's the fact. That's word of God. And, you know, uh, Bart said that, uh death of the author that doesn't matter and then the internet was like aha but word of god jk rowling just found another jewish student at hogwarts i saw i go on so many tangents i saw this recently because obviously everyone's talking about how terrible jk rowling is because she's terrible sure um and like a lot of the terrible stuff is you know been more recent although there have been some hints uh but some but i looked back and i find this uh so funny that someone asked jk rowling 
um, if there was a Jewish student at Hogwarts. Did you ever see this? No. I, I so, have no idea what her response is going to be, but it'll probably be something offensive. It's kind of. Um, so uh, they asked uh, – well, this is fascinating. So the person who tweets at her says, um, my wife said there are no Jews at Hogwarts, which – that's this is someone tweeting at jk rowling in 2014 so before everyone knew that she was a real collar tug of a human being um she says my wife said there are no jews at hogwarts which i'm very curious how this got in is he having some argument with his wife and like is he jewish is she jewish are they both are they not are neither of them jewish and they're arguing whether there are jews at hogwarts that might be the funniest one to me um, I don't know why that would come up in conversation, just in general, just being like, you think there are Jews there? Yeah, that, you know, did that's someone like get me. off for Rosh Hashanah? Yeah, that's like me just being like, have you have you seen uh, Star Trek? Think any Jews are uh, on Star Trek? And it's like, I yeah, Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> yeah. Guess. Now that I think about it, I actually can imagine a very straightforward way, which is you're watching one of the Harry Potter movies. They have one of those big floating christmas tree feasts and someone goes do you think there are any jews feeling awkward there at hogwarts like now i think maybe that's the way and then his wife says no of course not there are no jews at hogwarts they only accept pure bloods um but he tweeted that at jk rowling to which jk rowling responded anthony goldstein ravenclaw jewish wizard what um, yeah <laughs> there's <laughs> and so, one by the way, she, it turns out also they don't have to get circumcised. They can just magic away the foreskin. I mean, honestly, sure. It, sound, yeah. it sounds fine. It, <laughs> that sounds right. That sounds like something that they would do in the wizarding world of Harry Royalio. Potter. Um, and then later she – and then she responds to that. Okay, let me clarify. Anthony isn't the first Jewish student nor is he the only one i just have reasons for knowing most about him it's like yeah because you made them all up what yeah you <laughs> thought all of, made up by you you thought of this character it's your character i just like um, that his name was anthony goldstein yeah well they have cho Ch yeah from the subtle mind that brought you cho chang anthony yes. goldstein um so word of god according to its director bong joon ho there are no villains in Parasite. So many viewers who find themselves sympathizing with the Kims uh, and the other family, despite their desperation, are indeed meant to feel that way. And it's like, did what? Did, did someone need Bong Joon-ho to be like, yeah. What, did they, what was the alternate? Did they think he was going to be like, no, they're bad. They should have invested their money they got from folding pizza boxes like i still don't get yeah it's more nuanced than just like they're the good guys they're the bad guys it's like yeah this family that doesn't have money they're the protagonist but they're also flawed because they're doing so at you know they're making money at the expense of this family yeah but also the rich family they're not like going out of their way to hurt anyone that we but, see like yeah. 
but it's but that's the other thing is that it's also this like weird word of god thing that like they're not asking whether you know if you asked a question first off the whole word of god whatever it's the work exists as it does but like if you asked him you know a yes or no question like did they spend their money on new clothes like is that did he buy that shirt he's wearing Bon Jojo would probably be like, what? Why are you asking me this? But he could say yes or no. He can't tell you who you think the villains are. Like, does someone, is Ben Shapiro going to read that and be like, oh, they're good? Okay, well, now I know. I mean, from... he Ben Shapiro probably watched that movie and was like, this poor family's the villains. They're, we're following a villainous tale. I am sure a lot of people... Yeah, if you have money and you can't empathize with, you know, being in this situation of, you know, I don't know where my next meal is coming from. I don't know if we're going to be able to pay for our housing. I don't know if we're going to have housing. Like, if you've never been in that position or you don't know anyone who's been in that position or you're so removed from, you know, that whole, like, part of the world, like, you're blind to it, like... Of course, you you could see that family and be like, oh, this family is is from this or that kind of a background, and they're just trying to destroy positive lives, and they're the villain. And like, I don't know, it's a really weird lens. That is a yeah. Well, I mean, if you were look, if you were watch uh, that movie from, if you were Darth Vader's mom, you could watch Star Wars and be like, they're being so mean to my son, Darth Vader. Why are they bullying my son? Why are they fighting? Darth Vader was just trying to make money working for the Empire. I mean, Darth um, Vader, tragic character. If you watch those first threes and three movies and you see that little kid who just wanted to pod race and have a good time with his robot friend, C-3PO, and then what they did to him, ugh, just terrible. Just terrible things they did to Darth Vader. Uh, so there's also Bong confirmed that Ki Wu's daydream in the ending is supposed to be, well just a dream and it's like yeah that's again he says they have a quote from Bong Jin ho where he says maybe if the movie ended where they hug and fades out the audience can imagine oh it's impossible to buy that house but the camera goes down to that half basement it's quite cruel and sad but i thought it was being real and honest with the audience you know and i know we all know that the kid isn't going to be able to buy that house i just felt that frankness was right for the film even though it's sad well bong joon ho sorry to tell you this apparently not everyone knows the kid's not going to buy that house because tv tropes has decided your film has an ambiguous ending um imagine imagine making a movie it wins best picture at the oscars and then there's a TV tropes page out there that's just like <laughs> the movie's not that good. It's kind of confusing as well. Who knows what the the guy who wrote it actually thought? Yeah, we can't imagine what you would say. I uh, the there's also I'm not even going to go into detail about this, but there's a, another thing called Word of Saint Paul, and this paragraph just makes me want to like put a nail through my forehead. The dividing lines among word of God, word of St. Paul, and word of Dante are somewhat fluid, but it can reasonably suppose that someone has a role in creating the work or a close relation to the creator, then it is probably word of St. Paul instead of word of Dante. And it's like, what 2011 Tumblr thing is this? Word of Dante. Oh, and the word of Dante entry has a warning at the top that says, this entry is trivia, which is cool and all, but not a trope. Okay, sorry. Now are we being really careful about what counts as a trope when the page had, like, house, 
The movie has an example of the house trope because there's a house and they go in the house. There's literally like 150 different tropes on this page too. So they like put a note on that one where it was like, technically this isn't a trope, but... Yeah. Um... I don't, let's just I, let's just rapid fire through some of these. Yeah, right? let's rapid fire. So there's the random tropes at top. Do you want to uh, switch back and forth between hanging random trope? I tried. I thought it'd be fun to do random trope and random media, but I tried doing that on the secret third or fourth episode or whatever that was already recorded. And uh, you just get to like some ninety percent of this site is like random anime or manga I've never heard of, and you just get to that. Listen to this. This is nuts. Stink snub. Stink snub. Stink snub. Now, what is stink snub? Now, what is stink snub? Stink stink snub. The Kim family all shares a similar smell due to their living conditions. That's like. Did this show up when you hit random trope, or were you just going down the page? I just went down the page. I didn't. Oh, okay. But stink snub. They all smell the same, so that's a clue to other characters that they all live in the same place. Well, that that is true. I mean, it is a true. I don't know that it's an example of the stink snub trope, but that, is, that I mean, that is an element in the film. Psycho strings in the second half of the movie, a quiet set of these plays whenever Keytech is feeling aggrieved by the parks, which is like, yeah, you know, background music changes. Yeah, crazy. This okay. Wait, can you scroll up to the top? Do you see random media or sorry, random trope? Yeah, we hitting this button. We hitting this button. We're doing. We're, I think we've wrapped. I think we've uh explored the uh corners of the tv tropes page for parasite so i think we're gonna i got never sleep again for a random trope uh there's been a string of weird kill i don't want to read they all have like a seven you know how when you try and go to a recipe and there's like online and there's like a seven paragraph thing that was like well i first learned about buttered noodles from my grandmother and i remember one time i don't know why they're doing that seo literally which is probably Yes, it has to be. It has to be like here are the keywords that we're hoping you can fall into this page. But like, I don't need to read this, you know? Yeah, which is the same thing with TV tropes because you're like, okay, never sleep again. I think I understand what the gist of that is. I don't really know how they separate like nightmare fuel from never sleep again. Those seem very similar. Um, I, yeah, those seem identical. Also, nightmare fuel sounds so much more specific. Never sleep yeah. again just is like I can't go to I guess nightmare fuel could be more so like you're seeing something that's horrific where never sleep again maybe is a character who refuses to go to sleep because they have a you're, scary past that they're running you from. are spot on you are I'm looking at these you nailed it on the head what if we end the, what if not we but you this is your podcast i am the yeah. guest what if you end every episode by randomizing it and then having your guest try and guess what the tropes are see that's that fun. sounds fun that's a I, you know what thank you i'm so from now i'm gonna write that down and from now on every episode other than the like third or fourth one sure um is going to end with exactly that where you try and guess what is that is guess the random trope that is uh, a great way for this to end and it'll, it'll be fun maybe you win a prize but you know not like a real one so you guess that pretty well let's go through let's just go through a few more and then we'll uh we'll wrap this up random trope okay what to you is a wild card excuse 
a wild card excuse it makes me think of it's more of like a sitcom trope where it's like this one character can do pretty much anything and it's like the left field variant where it's like if all of these characters are going to the laundromat to clean their clothes one character will just show up covered in mud and dirt and then just strip naked and now there's a new problem where it's like oh you guys brought changes i didn't and you know it's like the oh the charlie day character the character that's like you know going all the way to one direction of the spectrum when everyone else is more pulled toward the middle so i think that you're you i thought you were going you were getting there at the end it's it's more like uh when someone um okay they use this example the example is from uh fairly odd parents where there's a running gag where um timmy gets stuff and uh it says like dad say where'd you get the nice tank son timmy uh internet uh chester killer crash suit dude aj yeah where'd you get it timmy uh internet dad where'd you get heat vision Timmy, internet, Cosmo. Oh, he's good. So it's like a, a like a. Uh, you get what I'm trying to say, listener yeah, and just, Brandon. It's just so there are no head scratchers. It's yeah, like exactly. A, it's they need to provide an answer. If, thank you. Yes, to get rid of the head scratcher. Um, you just you just say like, oh, I got this from here. It's like the throwaway answer that no one would question. So like. Why, why do you have this, like, jetpack? Oh, got it online. Yeah, exactly. Um, some I, of these I knew a guy, who, I knew a guy who, who had this a couple of years ago. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's fine. That answered that question. Uh, can you guess what the trope just here for Godzilla means? Um, this is when a character shows up for the big destructive scene. Oh, See, that would be Godzilla just here for this. Slightly different, right? Sorry. Right? Well, this says, anyone who creates works of fiction will often try to make it big and large to justify your money's worth. They want to make each installment bigger and better, uh, but no one cares. Fans just want the same thing that they've gotten before. So that's like the example they use is in The Simpsons, I quote, where he says, Alan Moore, you wrote my favorite Radioactive Man comics. And he says, oh, really? You like how I made your favorite superhero a heroin-addicted jazz critic who's not radioactive? And Bart says, I don't read the words. I just like it when he punches people. Mm, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You're there for the same thing that you would always want to see. Like, I'm there here for the to watch same a, thing. I'm here for a, a Superman movie because he's going to fly. Like, I can't wait to see a character fly. Yeah. that's So people comes, um, you know. Dave Chappelle, the one example says that Dave Chappelle had people want him to do Rick James on stage. Yeah, it's which I upsetting, own. where it's do the classics. Just do the do classics. The class- but don't do a stand-up bit. Do uh, the uh, do do a different thing. That's Make like it when- unique to this moment, but also it has to call back to that thing we all know you've done. This I one, actually, I, I just, I, I just landed on a good random one that I think is kind of. You want? Should I try and guess? Yeah. Ready? Okay. Yeah. Okay. This is it. 
The trope is the end. Is is it just the end? Is it when a thing ends? The story's over. Time to put up an inner title card saying the words <laughs> the end. <laughs> if you really want to be sophisticated, write it in cursive. The words you have been watching followed by ending credits was popular in live action television for a while, particularly but not exclusively in sitcoms. So this is everything. This yes. should be everything. Every single thing that you open this it's not, I guess, because they want to do like unique ones. But right. this is the happily ever after, like the end. It's literally a picture of Frankenstein's castle and then cursive font that just says the end. Okay. I'll do one more just so we don't end on the end, even though maybe we should. Oh, Can't well, you can end. probably guess what the kind hearted simpleton is. It's me. Yeah. Oh, folly. All right. We. These are all too obvious. Voices in one room. A method of recording voices where all or most of the actors are in the same room. This isn't in. That's not an. Oh, yeah. This entry. This is. Okay. Well, the editors clearly were aware. This entry is trivia, which is cool and all, but not a trope. On a work, it goes on the trivia tab. Thanks, editors. Good to see you're keeping in line. Let me let me ask you this, because you write scripts, you do yeah. comedy stuff. Are there any recurring tropes that you notice in your own work? Oh, interesting. Um, I probably have certain go-to jokes and things. Uh, I know. It's, I mean, stand-up. I regularly have bits that are like character subverted character bit colon subverted where it's like not really it's mostly just a punchline based off like uh zach galifianakis does some of those too the ones the kind of thing where it's like the, it's like a character but it's really just a one-line thing where either the setup is the character and the punchline is finding out what the character was sure or yeah the, classic joke yeah 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 you know the taven special they call and it. And everyone loves it. People clamor for more. They love it. Um, all right. Well, let's. Do you have anything you want to plug as we uh, wind down? Uh, you can, as as always, follow me on the internet. Uh, all you got to do is go on Twitter at Brandon E. S. Wolf, or you can Google my name, Brandon Scott Wolf, and a bunch of stuff will pop up. Some of it's fun, some of it's not fun. All of it's me. And that's pretty much that. All right, sounds good. Brandon, thank you for being on this pilot episode of TV Nopes. Um, it'll come out in the next uh, few weeks. You're also going to be on Sound Snacks, a, an audio sketch show that Casey Turgeson and I are writing and uh, have recorded with people. And uh, that's also going to be coming out in the next, uh, probably after this episode, probably starting to release after this episode comes out. But, you know, keep an eye on your social feeds. I'll be sharing. I'll be saying, hey, give a listen to this. If you, I was on a podcast last week and a friend of mine uh, messaged me and was like, you did great on that podcast. So uh, to my friend Chris, if you're listening to this, I miss you, man. Would love to, would love to hang out soon uh, when the pandemic's over. And uh, thank you for always tuning in. That was my shout out to my friend Chris. Nice. I'm going to be so bummed if Chris messages you and goes, hey, man, uh, this podcast, oof. 
Yeah, this one you didn't sound great on. This one yeah, you no, came across this... as a bit uh, a bit sloppy. You didn't know the <laughs> premise for the first 18 minutes. <laughs> I'm uh... going to put, yeah, I'm going to see if I can edit and a cold open. I also probably should come up with like a theme song of some kind. Or at least something approximating. Some sort of musical sting I can futz around with. And, uh, just something like Garage surf thing. rock. You know, like yeah, just someone like jamming out. Your voice jamming out saying TV nopes over and TV over again. TV nopes. TV nopes. Maybe I'll use this audio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly like that. I think I cut you off at the beginning. So if you want to do it one more time, I'll do count it one more you time. In. Three, two, one. TV nopes, TV nopes, maybe I'll use this audio for a theme song. I honestly think that could work. You just like get some royalty-free music underneath there and have have a little a little fun with it, and you know, hey, people, let's people will get let's it. leave in. I think let's leave in that part too. That's great. Okay, well, end title right. card is uh, coming up. I know this is a podcast, and people can't yeah, end see title. it um thank thank you very much brandon uh follow him follow uh will smith on instagram it's a great it's uh, a great account a lot of work goes into it so yeah you know take take a look have some fun and i mean that genuinely yeah again it's it's like tons of stuff it's like a whole web production company it's good stuff and uh listen to brandon on sound snacks soonish um brandon thank you and have a good day thanks andrew have a great one bye